0: Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing Refuge Recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your Refuge Recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes.
1: All right, welcome and we'll get started. Uh, Welcome to everybody. Anybody attending for the first time that's not aware, just a reminder that this is not a refuge recovery meeting. This is a teacher led uh, offering from Refuge Recovery World Services. Meetings are all peer led and um, nobody's giving lectures, hopefully, at meetings. We're just kind of supporting each other uh, as we practice together. But for the last, I I guess it's about nine months, we've been um, offering this kind of lecture, book study, investigation, uh, some commentary that I'm offering on the book. So um, thanks for joining us. We're probably for this year anyways, coming to the end of this series. We've gone through the first 102 pages of the book, the core uh, curriculum of Refuge Recovery, and um, gone through all of the guided meditations that we use in our meetings. And we're on uh, the last one, which we're exploring forgiveness, and I'm breaking forgiveness down into four weeks. Two weeks ago, we did an overview of the three categories of um, asking for forgiveness, offering forgiveness, and forgiving ourselves. Last week, we focused just on the process of um, asking for forgiveness and the importance of uh, the meditation practice of developing the humility to take full responsibility for our part, our side of the street, how we have intentionally or unintentionally cause harm to others and the importance also of making amends of um, getting to the place where we make direct we turn it into an action make direct amends and um this week we're going to look at forgiving those whom we hold resentment towards those whom have harmed us Uh, and um, I just want to start with acknowledging that this, for most people, is a long-term process. Forgiveness is not something that takes place overnight. It's not, a, um, it's not a decision that we can make. The more we meditate, the more we come to understand that your mind has a mind of its own. It does whatever it wants. <laughs> you tell it to stay present and it runs off, the the attention runs off into future and past. And and that what we're doing in Buddhist meditation and and refuge recovery is we are uh, training our minds. Forgiveness is another one of the mind trainings that we're doing. And it will take, for most people, years of forgiveness practice to really develop the um, experience of forgiveness. For most of us, it's going to be a long-term, And you know, I, I, of course, I can't speak for everyone. There are some uh, people who feel like, you know, they have a pretty quick and easy experience with forgiveness. Um, That certainly wasn't my experience with forgiveness. So I might be projecting some of my own struggle to forgive um, that, uh, you know, whether it was forgiving others that had harmed me or the self-forgiveness, which we'll get into next week. My experience was that it took effort, regular, sustained, daily effort uh, of doing the forgiveness meditation practices. Even long after I had made all of the amends, uh, my mind kept getting resentful, kept getting, you know, being judgmental, critical, uh, angry about the pains uh, of the past. And so the, the ongoing forgiveness practice.
0: Um,
1: and although we've already gone all the way through the book, I thought that the, the part that stuck out to me today, we, we've already read both sections about forgiveness and the intention to forgive and the action of forgiveness. and I was just thinking about, um, you know, my own personal subjective experience was, it was uh, close to 10 years of doing regular forgiveness meditation practice um, before I came to the first moment in this incarnation that I can recall where um, I was free from resentment, Uh, like close to a decade of doing this meditation practice and the sustained effort of applying these practices over the days and months and years, which finally brought me to that experience. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but what I want to share from the book page 71 is this chapter that we have chapter 10 on effort, where we talk about, uh, how much, you know, commits to the daily discipline practices of meditation, you know, which is, you know, forgiveness. And we're developing the skillful means of knowing how to apply the appropriate meditation or action to the given circumstance it says recovery is an act of intentional redirecting of our life's energy this is where the intentional application of energy comes into play everything we have talked about so far takes effort none of these practices or principles are easy to develop we all have the energy necessary for this But only with wise and intentional use of that energy, that is with effort, can we master these liberating practices and avoid the habitual reactive tendencies that create more addiction and suffering in our lives. Some of the ways we must use our energy and effort include avoiding the things that create suffering, replacing harmful thoughts and actions with thoughts and actions That create well-being and peace. So a little comment here, which is um, replacing the natural tendency of our minds to be angry and judgmental and resentful. We're replacing those with these phrases, I forgive you. I, you know, I may or may, you know, as much as I can in this moment. We're uh, even if you don't mean it yet, we're training our mind by replacing those natural habitual tendencies that create suffering for us with this very radical Buddhist uh, application which says let's have compassion for our enemies. Let's meet uh, even the most ignorant and confused beings with forgiveness so that we don't have to keep suffering at them so that we can be free even in the midst of this world which is so very confused so very often. developing wisdom and compassion through meditation and wise actions and sustaining the wisdom and compassion that arises through careful attention. When it comes to training our minds and hearts in the path of recovery, each of us must must find the balance of applying the right amount of effort. Not so much that we get strained, not so little that we get spaced out. Developing a balanced effort and energy in our spiritual life is key to our our recovery. We will offer some basic guidelines for how much time and energy to put into meditation, but ultimately everyone will have to find their own balance with these practices. The image of a stream works well for the implied effort that it takes to recover from addictions. In the beginning, we're all floating downstream, following the currents of our cravings and habitual patterns. At some point, we become aware that the currents are dragging us down, that we are no longer free to choose whether we drink or use drugs, gamble, eat, or have sex to excess. And then realize that we've become addicted and that life is passing us by. We can no longer reach the shore and the undertow grows stronger and stronger. In the beginning, we may have had the illusion of safety. Perhaps we were floating along on a raft or even a yacht, but addiction destroys our craft and leaves us floundering, drowning in the stream of addiction. We eventually wake up and realize that we have to stop. We have to find a way to get back all that we have lost. We wanna go back to return to sanity, to recover. So we turn to the spiritual practices of refuge recovery, the four truths, give us the tools to start going against the stream. Refuge recovery is a reliable raft, one filled with people just like you who are also turning around the direction of their lives. In the early days and months of recovery, it can be a struggle. It can be a struggle simply to stop floating down the stream in the old habitual ways. Relapses may be part of your experience, just stopping and staying stopped takes a lot of effort. There we are flailing away in the middle of the stream. We're doing nothing but trying to stop going downstream with the current. Then when we renounce and become abstinent, we're stopped, but that's all. We haven't begun to make progress in the other direction yet because we're in the center of the stream trying to swim against the current. If we put too much effort in, we feel tired and overwhelmed. It's easy to give up and simply float downstream again. We have to find a sustainable balance of effort. The skillful way of practice is to not force yourself to the center of the stream with an over-exuberant effort. As anyone who has ever tried to swim upstream discovers, you can't go straight up the center of the current. You have to swim diagonally towards one side and then across towards the other to make any progress. This requires a balanced effort, balance between effort and relaxation. Only a steady and relaxed effort will carry you upstream against the current. It's that kind of steady and sustainable effort that allows addicts to make progress with their recovery. So again, just a little commentary about that steady practice. Um, Over and over in the book, um, I suggest even just 15 minutes a day. You don't have to mean it. You don't, you know, like you don't have to meditate all day, even just 15 minutes of the forgiveness praises daily will begin to help the forgiveness experience take root will train uh, the mind to be more forgiving. As we bring awareness to our habits, tendencies and worldviews, we may see only how confused we have become. Sometimes all we can see is what we've lost, but eventually we come to know that we are safe again, that we're heading in the right direction, against the stream, against the old reactive tendencies and selfish pursuits. And although we long for quick progress, we can achieve nothing until we find the appropriately placed techniques. The Buddha likened spiritual effort to the tuning of a stringed instrument. If the strings are too tight, it doesn't play correctly. If the strings are too loose, it doesn't sound right either. The path to recovery and freedom takes great effort and fine-tuning. So, I just wanted to start with that to set up that, yes, forgiveness, so important, long-term. Uh, as some of us say, it's a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Um, you know, think that we're, you know, we're going to be in this For quite a while, we can't force forgiveness, but we can set the intention and the aspiration and we can keep training uh, in that direction. Couple of reminders before we jump into reflecting on all of the people that we resent, judge, hate. Um, In order for forgiveness to be possible, we separate the actor, the person, from the act, what they have done. The more we practice, the more we understand impermanence. Uh, One of the reasons we started last week and we generally start the practice with asking for forgiveness is that the more we can see and and take responsibility for uh, the ways that we've been unskillful in the past, the harm that we've caused, and we can come to know, it's not who I am. You know, even being an addict, it's not who we are. It is what we have experienced. It's not our identity. We're not fixed like that. We're constantly changing. And so we can apply that same view of seeing the people who've hurt us, the people um, that we resent as not fixed, but as a process of you know confused human beings who out of their own suffering have offended us, have abused us, have betrayed us, have caused us harm in one form or another. So we're sending forgiveness to the suffering being, not the action. And this is really important. And I know it's not so simple, but I want to, you know, kind of make sure that this is understood, that forgiveness is not condoning abuse. It's not saying that what happened Uh, is okay. It's saying, I want to be free from hating, from the suffering of hating and resenting the people who've caused me harm. And I send them forgiveness so that I can be free from that anger and hatred and fear. I hope that makes sense to you. Now, here's a couple of other things. One is that, um, I talked a minute ago about, you know, after 10 years of doing the practice for the first time in my life, I came to a moment of, I could bring everyone to mind that I used to hate. And I now had some level of compassion and forgiveness for them and I no longer felt uh, anger or hatred towards them. And I thought that I was going to remain in that state of forgiveness forever. (laughs) I laugh because it's so ridiculous, you know, it's like in that moment I was forgetting about impermanence, (laughs) I was forgetting that uh, we don't do anything forever, no mind state, no emotion, no spiritual experience lasts forever, everything is temporary, and so that moment of forgiveness, however powerful it was, didn't last. I ended up, you know, uh, one of the ways we can look at, like, we're holding resentments. Forgiveness is letting go of resentments, putting it down. The Buddha used the image of um, acting out of anger, like uh, getting a burning ember and, and pu- you know, picking up a burning ember to throw at your en- enemies. And he says, you know, while you're holding that anger, that resentment, that ill will, that, you know, rage, you're first, you're burning the shit out of yourself. So forgiveness is letting, you know, putting it down, no longer holding it. But in my experience, it wasn't long before I picked it up again. (laughs) I did, you know, it was so powerful to have that uh, moment of like, wow, I'm not holding any hatred in this moment. This is weird and new. And I've been working for this for years. Never been here before. I can't find any hatred in my heart in this moment but it wasn't long before i got pissed off again and picked up some resentment and but when we get there there's some muscle memory there's some experience of you know once you've been somewhere in your heart somewhere in your mind it's easier to get back there when we've trained ourselves to see clearly even though we're not going to remain in that clear compassionate forgiving vision uh we at least know how to get there. I think about directions and I know different people have different relationships to direction. Some people can never find their way, you know, but just again, maybe it's my projection, but in my experience, if I've been somewhere once, I likely can find my way back there. And I feel like that's part of what is in forgiveness, my experience, is that once I've gotten there, not that I remain there all of the time, but I know the path back. I know the practices and I know the experience of, again, letting go of the resentment, of dropping the burning ember of hatred. One more piece that I think is also very important, um, and I share it with you because I, I saw some delusion in my early forgiveness practice. One is I thought I was gonna get there and stay there forever. The other is I thought that
0: if I could forgive everyone, that it wouldn't hurt anymore. That my painful childhood, past, you know, all of the ways that I, I
1: felt like if I could forgive them, then it wouldn't hurt. And as it turned out, forgiveness doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the painful memories. It teaches us to meet the painful memories with compassion. And compassion is a soothing experience, but it doesn't eradicate the pain. We still have the pain of our past. But rather than adding the suffering of hatred on top of the pain, Forgiveness removes that extra layer of suffering, and then we just have the pain. As we are learning in Buddhism and refuge recovery, pain is inevitable, it's unavoidable, it's inescapable. Fully enlightened beings still experience pain, including painful thoughts and memories. We're not going to meditate away the pain that we've experienced. We're just learning to respond to it wisely. And we will no longer be uh, a source of suffering in our life, just a source of perhaps sadness is an appropriate response to the pain of the past, some grief, but not hatred. Hatred leads to the suffering that for many people leads to relapse. And so forgiveness as a relapse prevention and uh, as
0: a a necessity on our, our path of recovery. Last thing before we meditate,
1: you can categorize on some level or another your resentments and your uh, present willingness to forgive. I noticed that my own mind sort of made three columns. There was the people who I was willing to forgive. And I had a sort of a list. Of like, yes, I'm willing to forgive them. They're sort of the mixed category. I love them and I hate them and I love them and I hate them. And and I'm willing to try to forgive all of the people on this list. Then there was a second list of offering forgiveness that was a little bit more like, not yet. Maybe I'll consider it, but I'm just not ready to forgive those people yet or to try to forgive them. And then there was a whole nother list, and you may have this too, or you may not, um, which was a whole list of people who I decided, um, I'm never going to forgive those fuckers." And that I was just like, no. There's a whole bunch of the monsters of history and, you know, and, and some personal in my life. I was just like, I'm not going to forgive them. My own sense is that if you have that, I had that. If you have that, it's totally OK set it aside. Don't try to force yourself to forgive the people who feel unforgivable right now. It's part of the effort, the steady effort, the, you know, going side to side against the stream as we try to make some progress. Set it aside for now. Work with the people that you're willing to forgive. And my experience was the more I did the forgiveness meditation towards offering forgiveness to the people that I had some willingness to forgive, the category started to collapse. The people that were maybe became yes. The people that were never became maybe. And eventually, as I said, over the years of the forgiveness practice, I saw that I was willing to try to forgive Uh, even what I had judged as the worst people, um, the undeserving people. And also because I realized I'm not forgiving for them. I'm forgiving for me. I want to be free from hatred. They don't deserve it. (laughs) But I do, right? You do, we do. Um, And, you know, I mean, I'm half joking when I say they don't deserve it. You know, also the more compassion we have, the more we see that, they're just wounded people too. And uh, there
0: is a, a possibility of healing, of redemption. So if that makes sense, permission to set aside the difficult ones and actually
1: encouragement to not start with the big, difficult, you know, your biggest enemies. Start with, the annoying people that you like, that you have some resentments towards. Start with your annoying coworkers, with the people in the sangha that piss you off because they take up all the air in the room <laughs> or, you know, like start with the difficult people that you also already have some friendliness towards. Don't start with the biggest abusers. Don't push yourself right into, I'm gonna forgive my parents or the person who has abused me the most, or, you know, start with easier. Um, One of my teachers said, think of forgiveness practice as like weight lifting. And you can kind of categorize your resentments as the 10 pound resentments and the 100 pound resentments and the 500 pound resentments do not start with the 500 pound resistance. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Start with the five and 10 pound dumbbells before you work your way up to the bench press or whatever, you know, like before you're doing the deadlifts, work on developing the muscle of forgiveness, so the skill, the neuropathway
0: with more manageable ones. okay so let's meditate together find a way to sit that's
1: upright relaxed as you're ready
0: allowing your eyes to be closed Relaxing into the
1: sitting posture, take a few moments to settle into the position by intentionally releasing any held tension in your face, neck, shoulders, chest, or abdomen. Bring your attention to the present moment through the breath awareness practice.
0: Allow the breath to come and go from your heart's center. Imagine breathing
1: directly in and out of your heart. Feel what's present in your heart, mind. And begin to set your intention to let go of the past through letting go of resentments. Say the word forgiveness in your mind and acknowledge how it
0: feels to consider letting go. Begin to reflect on all of the ways in which you've been harmed in this lifetime. Remember that you are attempting to forgive the actors, not the actions. And then just as you have been confused and unskillful at times, those who have hurt you were also suffering and confused. Bring to mind and invite right back into your heart those who have caused
1: you harm with as much mercy and compassion as possible. Begin offering forgiveness to those who have harmed you,
0: those whom you've been holding resentment toward with these phrases. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment I forgive you for all of the ways that you've caused me harm. I now offer you forgiveness. Whether it whether the hurt came through your actions or thoughts or words. I know you are responsible for your actions and I offer you forgiveness,
1: as much as I can in this moment. It's really quite okay to keep the practice simple. Often my own phrases are just, I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. Slowly,
0: over and over, in our own heart and mind, more of an aspiration than it is a statement.
1: Remembering to start with those who you're willing to forgive.
0: Five and ten pound resentments. Bring them to mind. Invite them into your heart. See their pain, their confusion. And let go of suffering at them. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. Just inviting one person in at a time, spending a minute or two
1: offering them forgiveness before moving on to the next
0: person. Perhaps there's a long line, a long list. You find your mind wandering off into story, memory, justification. Just keep coming back to the phrases I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. For all of the ways that you've caused me harm. I now offer you forgiveness, whether the hurt came through your actions or thoughts or words. I know you are responsible for your actions, and I offer you forgiveness. If your belly gets tight, to defend, to
1: resist, soften. You notice that you're clenching your jaw, resisting.
0: Release your jaw. Come back to the phrase. Some of our resentments are ever-present, conscious. Sometimes it's surprising to see who shows up in the meditation. Remembering that all harmful actions come out of ignorance,
1: confusion. Just as we have been confused and ignorant at times in our lives, this is what's happening. For everyone else, when they've harmed us, annoyed us, hold views that we think are ignorant, Developing an attitude of compassion and mercy. We train the heart and mind to forgive. No longer willing to live with a closed heart.
0: Extending forgiveness. much as we can in this moment. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment, slowly, even if you don't really mean it yet. It's okay. We're training the mind, uncovering the heart. Spending the last few minutes going beyond the personal, our personal resentments,
1: out in a more general way to the world, this
0: world with greed and hatred and confusion, where there's so much suffering, ignorance,
1: oppression, All of the suffering, ignorance, oppression
0: coming from confusion, coming from suffering. Opening to the possibility of mercy and compassion towards the ignorant. Opening to the possibility of Extending an attitude of forgiveness in all directions. Again, don't get caught in whether or not people deserve your forgiveness.
1: And remember, you deserve You're worthy of experiencing freedom from the suffering that anger and ill will and resentment
0: cause in our own lives. Forgiveness is for your own freedom. Everyone has the karma of their actions. Responsible for their actions. We attempt to free ourselves from the negative karma of hatred. Let go of the effort, let go of the phrases and rest in acceptance. Sometimes these practices feel pleasant and soothing. Sometimes they feel agitating, unsettling. Just accepting ourselves where we're at in the process right now. Perhaps the current is very strong When you're ready, you can allow your eyes to be open and your attention back, back to the Zoom room. So you can take a moment
1: to reflect on what came up in your practice, and even if you have a, um, if you have a notebook or something, if there are some. Name some people, some things that came up that you, um, you know, sometimes it's good to journal a little bit, to uh, take note of that for the inventory process. If anything uh, came up that was maybe a little bit surprising. I know I've had that experience before where I'm meditating and then this old memory came, comes out of, of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'm still bit
0: angry about that person that I hadn't really been thinking about until I started thinking about forgiveness. I deeply encourage uh, all
1: of us to be very uh, thorough. As you know, um, if you've worked on the refuge recovery inventories. I tried to be very thorough, (laughs) Um, maybe to the point of being repetitive in some ways uh, in the inventory and and, in the forgiveness. I want us to get free. I wanna get free. I, you know, the suffering that addiction creates in our lives inspires us to take on some intense healing, awakening, recovery work. Uh, You know, Buddhism offers us this opportunity, this map to to freedom, not just to staying sober, not just to. uh, I've often reflected on um, how. The early psychologists said, we think that psychology can transform neurotic suffering into ordinary suffering, (laughs) (laughs) that maybe the best psychology do is can kind of help us with the really neurotic stuff, but then we still have to deal with the ordinary human suffering. Um, likewise, in, you know, some of the kind of 12 step programs where they say, you know, you know, you'll recover to be sort of like similar to like normal people like, you know, a worker amongst workers <laughs> and fuck that, <laughs> you know, Buddhism offers us this thing of like, no, like suffering is normal, but it's actually possible to not suffer having resentments, hating people, it's normal. Everybody has resentments and hates people and, you know, that's normal. But with training, as you know, we can actually become these weirdos that have compassion and forgiveness and don't have the ordinary human suffering. And that's what Buddhism offers. And that's certainly what I want. And I hope that that's what you want. And these practices uh, have the potential to bring us there. And like I said, it might be years of saying I forgive you and not really meaning it until then there's this shift. Oh, I'm starting to mean it. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to live it after the years of applying these practices and creating the pathways, the heart experience, of uh, mercy and compassion and forgiveness. So we have a few minutes left. If there's any questions, uh, anything about this not clear, of what's being taught, any questions about how to apply it to your life. Um, We've got about 10 minutes left. If you wanna ask a question, you could raise your hand in the, um, under the participants tab
0: down at the bottom, there's a place to raise your hand. Lindsay, go for it.
2: Hey, Noah. I've joined a couple of times and I've really enjoyed everything you have to say. Um, can you address, uh, trying to forgive somebody who won't forgive you? Sure. That you live with. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: You know, forgiveness is totally internal and we don't have to wait for other people to forgive us. Um, forgiveness is how we hold someone else in our mind or in our heart so how we hold people in our heart doesn't have to have anything to do with how they feel about us you know there's that saying of like our side of the street like when we make amends or it's our side of the street for you know what's happening over there with them now of course we can all empathize it's really much harder it's more, or much easier to forgive when somebody also is forgiving us, but it doesn't make it impossible um, because it's in your heart, it's in your mind. You're the one carrying the resentment towards them, and perhaps also the some guilt or something, you know, or, or you know, depend. So this is where they be, they get on both lists. Um, I want to ask them for forgiveness for my part, and I want to offer them forgiveness for their part. Um, now this isn't completely your question and not, uh, but it's one of the things I didn't say. And I'm going to take this opportunity to say it. One of the things about forgiving, especially, um, people who have harmed us that may continue to harm us is to really remember that forgiveness is not, necessarily reconciling, that sometimes we have to have a good boundary. Sometimes um, it's very important to, um, I I talked about not having a closed heart and inviting them back into our heart. And so there's the saying uh, back into the heart, not necessarily back into my home. Now I know you. This is something about someone you live with. I I get it, but sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can't, and we have to have really good boundaries and say, "I forgive you in my heart, but our relationship is over." Like I, you know, like especially if you're continuing to hurt me in any way. Now, if that is a an action that has you know come and gone, is passed. Bubba. Bubba. I'm, I'm busy. Just want to
0: sleep.
1: My son just entered the. Uh, room he wants to med he wants to forgive with us um so i hope that that i hope that that's helpful you know having the boundaries sometimes that's totally necessary and but more it sounds like you're in it you're with them you can just keep meditating on forgiveness and asking for forgiveness and then we can't force anybody to forgive you we can't do it they have to um, you know that's their suffering actually if they're not forgiving us we can actually have compassion for their pain that they're holding on to and they have their own process and their own time Uh, all we can do is make amends and and then forgive in
0: our own heart yeah welcome welcome one more or we can leave it there. Richard, did you still have a question or did it pass?
2: Well, it was the boundary issue and I'm glad you raised or talked about that, so thank you. But another question came up for me in the meantime. Sometimes and it's, it's the separation of actor and action. It's like sometimes when forgiving others, it seems like, especially with old hurts from way back, it seems like in a sense of forgiving them is also letting them off the hook, like the harm that they did never mattered. And somehow it it sort of like just erases the slate and it gives them a free pass. And maybe that's just justification for holding on to the resentment. But then the resentment becomes like a shield or a way of, um, uh, I don't know, uh, justifying the, uh, the resentment itself. You know, I mean, I'm going in circles here, but it's just something about forgiveness of others from past hurts kind of. Tells tells them in my mind it's okay it's okay what you did.
1: One of the reasons why in the um, <clears throat> phrases when we are um, asking for forgiveness we say I know I'm responsible for my actions and I ask your forgiveness I'm not letting you I'm not asking for you to let me off the hook I have the karma of any, you know, unskillful actions that I've done. And then in this part, when we're offering forgiveness, we're also acknowledging, I know that you're responsible for your actions. And I offer you forgiveness, because I don't want to hold that suffering towards you at you. um, Because forgiveness is for us, not necessarily for them. So that's, you know, one of the, this is karma, right? This is cause and effect and so sometimes in the meditation acknowledging I know you're responsible for your actions and I still forgive you I don't need to punish you I don't need to you know defend you know like you have your karma you didn't get away with shit (laughs) nobody gets away with nothing never (laughs) us or them so uh might as well forgive rather than suffer continue to suffer at each other.
2: That's good, thank you.
1: Yeah, welcome. So maybe we'll leave it there. Um, thank you for tuning in. Next week we will um, do the self-forgiveness. Sometimes our most difficult person is forgiving ourselves. That's not true for everyone, but it is for many of us. Um, and also I think next week, warning it is going to be the last Thursday night in the series um, for a while anyways I'm gonna you know the holidays are coming and there's like Thanksgiving is a Thursday and then Christmas is a Thursday and then uh, New Year's is a Thursday and all of these Thursdays that I don't want to work we <laughs> I'm gonna be off doing stuff with my kids so uh, I'm gonna pause it and then we'll talk well I'm gonna reflect on uh, coming back in in the new year and doing you know starting thursdays again maybe we'll go through the book again maybe we'll do some other stuff uh starting in thursdays uh in the new year so next week self-forgiveness final class in this nine-month series of thursday nights and um i see that uh, we've posted the donation uh link uh joseph has posted the donation link please uh donate Please support Refuge Recovery World Services. Um, I do this, you know, out of my own service and generosity, but it is a, sort of a, a fundraiser for the organization that supports the meetings, that supports the infrastructure that we are continuing to build and rebuild. So um, please be generous. If you can afford a $5 or 10 or $15 donation, do it. Give, give some money
0: to the nonprofit uh, if you can, please and um may any goodness that comes from our practice be shared with
1: all beings everywhere may each of us come to forgive ourselves and each other uh, fully and completely and uh, may we keep practicing until we experience that level of forgiveness and then keep practicing anyways Thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, hopefully I'll see you guys next week.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services a nonprofit created to support our network of refuge recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.